Hey guys, it's Think So Joe here, and I've got a treat for you guys, an extra bonus podcast. I have with us the Southern Belle of Board Wrestling Fan, Drow Goddess herself. Welcome. Hey guys. Uh, good to be back. Glad to have you. It has been quite a while since we've uh since we've had you on a podcast here on Board Wrestling Fan. Yeah, and uh hopefully you will not regret doing it now because I am here to talk about the G1 Climax tournament from New Japan and anything and everything New Japan is kind of pretty much the focus of my wrestling life right now. So any of that would be great. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring G into the call because he said he's in for Yay. for the time being. Uh, you know, the the Southern Bell of Board Wrestling fan, that got me in trouble, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> Uh, I was uh, with my ex-wife when I wrote those bios, and uh, she had a, a little bit of a jealous streak, so she saw that and kind of got upset. <laughs> but <Sorry>. it's like, <laughs> like it's not like I'm in Texas hanging out with her or anything. I guess G's not coming. <laughs> I don't know if he wants yes. in, he'll get on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh I I don't know anything. I I haven't seen a lot of New Japan. I I try to check out uh you know the the the, the big Tokyo Dome show uh every year, but uh, other than that I don't really get much into it. Uh you know, I see the guys coming over to WWE and all that, uh, like Shinsuke Nakamura and the the Bullet Club and all that. Uh but I don't really know a lot about New Japan or anything else that's going on in Japan for that matter. <laughs> New Japan, as ridiculous as it sounds, basically woke up part of my soul. And I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but everything that I felt like I was missing with American wrestling, I had it in that. And it's just been incredible. Um, The G1 Climax Tournament is one of the two big shows a year that they do. They have G1 in the summer, and then they've got the show at the Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th every year. That's like their WrestleMania. Right. And so G1 now is spread out to cover about a month. It used to be a lot more compact and have fewer guys in it, but they decided, hey, let's not have everybody killing themselves with injuries. Let's spread out recovery time. So that ended up being a pretty good idea. And that's what we're in the middle of right now is G1 Climax number 26. I think the wrestling business as a whole has uh, kind of decided, you know, let's stop killing these guys with multiple matches in the span of, of, you know, way too short of a period of time. Uh, Whereas, you know, like WWE now will show, will run like four or five shows a week uh, as opposed to, you know, you're working 300 days a year. So I, I think that's a that's just a general uh, in the wrestling business as a whole. Instead of seeing these guys get burnt out and and as you said injured, uh, to just have them kind of uh, spread out their work. Yeah, especially with the style that they tend to work in Japan as opposed to the states, they can really benefit from just having a couple of days to kind of relax and rehab it before going on to the next match. Certainly. 
Okay, so we've already got some content from you that's uh, that's been going up on the site. Uh, as far as I know, it's been going up on the site. I <laughs> have been, like, all over the place lately, so I haven't really been focused on it. Uh, so we're we're a little bit into this at this point. Yeah, we're about at the halfway mark now. Um, the stuff that is up on the site, and yeah, that's... It's written and it's long, and I know nobody's going to read that, which is <laughs> why the podcast part was a good idea. But right. I wrote it up at the last second, and G helped out with the posting. Um, this year's G1 was different from the very beginning, and part of that was because, as that write-up stated, the 2014 G1 was considered one of the best wrestling things ever to occur on planet Earth. And then 2015 got some criticism for being repetitive and stale, even though there were brilliant matches to be had. The show as a whole really kind of suffered by comparison. And this year, they had no choice. You know, they lost five guys who had been a part of G1 forever, not just Nakamura and AJ, but you know Anderson and Gallows and Kota Ibushi as well. Yeah. So that's 25% of the field of G1 that was gone. So this year, things had to be different. They had to be shaken up. And oh, boy, did they do that. <laughs> a little much so in the minds of some people. But um, they, they definitely made it different. Um, they started out with... Um, there were expectations for A Block and B Block. B Block was supposed to be the more competitive, and that was the one everybody was all on about. A Block kind of stole their thunder. They really have had overall the stronger showings, and there were three big redemption stories coming into this G1, and one of them was Hiroshi Tanahashi. He was coming in pretty badly injured, but the number one ace of the company lost his first three matches. He had zero points, and he lost to people he never should have lost to. And that was kind of a shocker. So now it's a question of, can he fight his way back? As he's been around a while, his body's starting to give out. You know, How big a deal is that going to be for him this year? But he's won it twice. So right. it's not like he has nothing to show for it ever. Uh, the second big redemption story is Hiroyoshi Tenzan. I was never all that big a fan of Tenzon because I didn't understand the context. I didn't know how revered he was in Japan and just absolutely beloved because he's viewed as the champion who led the company through its darkest days back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And people love him. It doesn't matter. He could fight Okada and get cheered. <laughs> it really does not matter who he's fighting. Everybody loves him. And yeah, the Mongolian chops can get kind of annoying, but everybody loves them. Now, Tenzan also has the, uh, I'm blanking on the right word. Um, this is his 20th G1 Climax tournament more than anybody else. He has won three. He wasn't scheduled to be in this one at all, but his longtime tag team partner and buddy Kojimo, 
was on the list, and Kojima gave him his spot. Hmm. He said, "He said I'll give you my spot if you promise to win it." And you know he was doing really really well in the beginning. He's not undefeated anymore. But the idea of you know does the old man have one more shot at glory in him? Everybody has been behind this story in the most amazing ways. It's you cannot watch the matches he's in and not feel something because the audience is so behind him. And even if you're not really a fan, you really want to see, okay, can he do it? Can he do it one right. more time? And he says it's his last one, and it should be. We would like him to live. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the last big redemption story, some people like it, some people don't. I personally am a huge fan of it, and that involves Yoshihashi. Uh a lot of people know that Shinsuke Nakamura used to lead the Chaos faction, and when he left, Okada was now really the guy in charge of it. Yoshihashi is the perennial cabin boy of Chaos. He's the comedy sidekick guy who takes the pin in tag matches. He wasn't really his own person. And over the past year, he has had a lot of problems with some of the other stables with the Bullet Club and with Naito's new stable, Los Ingobernables de Japón, them in particular. And Yoshi's growing up. He is going out on his own and he's fighting more aggressively and he's just presenting himself as a very different guy. And if you've seen pictures of Yoshihashi, he kind of reminds me of Frodo Baggins. Just to look <laughs> at him, he looks like a little hobbit with very spiky hair. And so the idea that here's this guy who basically has no idea what he's doing, but he knows he has to do it. And he's going to go out and vanquish the evil that is in his path. Yeah, I don't see how you can't root for that. It's really, really fun. And He's had very solid matches, even when he's lost them, and people are getting behind him, and uh, I just think it's great. And even if he doesn't go very far this year in G1 in terms of wins, they're definitely setting him up to kind of stand on his own without the rest of Chaos being there. So right. Those are all pretty cool. Now you, you mentioned the uh, the points. I, this is obviously not a single elimination tourna tournament. No, this is a round-robin tournament, and the way that points work is that in each of the tournament matches, if you win, you get two points. If you lose, you don't get any points. And if it goes to a draw, because there's a 30-minute time limit draw on all the matches, if you go to a draw, each guy gets one point. So it's so, like it's like, uh, it's like points in the NHL, basically. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It's much more like, you know, a game bracket than any other wrestling thing that I've seen. A lot of people made these very elaborate brackets and posted them online. Yeah. I cannot do Excel to save my life, but some <laughs> people are very good at it. And there are several of them that are out there. Um, so, uh, but points aren't the only thing. And this is where things can get kind of confusing. If you and I have a match. Mm-hmm and you beat me, if everything else works out where we're tied for points, since you beat me when we fought, you go to the finals and I don't. 
Right, so, so like, like tiebreaker rules, basically. Yeah, they've got tiebreaker rules, um, and who you beat is kind of an important deal. Now, even for everybody who doesn't make it to the finals, what's really important about G1 is that it is establishing feuds and title challenges for pretty much the rest of the year. So, for example, if you beat somebody at G1 then later on you could challenge them for their title saying, Hey, I beat you at G1. I have a right to challenge you. And, you know, a lot of the big title matches come from that. Okay. So for example, if you have people ignite some rivalry during G1, that could carry on for a year. There's a great example of that right now with Naito and Shibata. Naito and Shibata is the greatest feud in wrestling that hasn't really hit its stride yet. It's the most amazing thing, and they really need to give this some some push. Last year, at the very end of G1, was when Naito's new character presented itself. You saw it all through the tournament, but he really hit his stride with it at the end, right before the finals. And he had two different multi-man tag matches with him on one side and Shibata on the other. Now, this new persona of Naito, he's the ultimate troll. He, he just He's completely indifferent. He doesn't care about anything. All he does is piss people off. He looks for buttons to push, and he does it. And he does it absolutely beautifully. So who does he decide he's going to pick a fight with? Yeah. The Dark Prince of Badassery, as somebody referred to Shibata one time, and that's a really good descriptor of him, I think. So, Naito's just messing with him and messing with him, and it's the complete opposite personalities clash that has nothing to do with a title belt. And you could just see, like, Shibata looks at Naito and has murder in his eyes. It's a (laughs) glorious thing, as far as wrestling goes. So, a whole year ago, that started. They were in the same block this year. And all of that is still going on. So you can get things going in G1 that will carry on for years after that. And, you know, you just see where it takes you. Right now, the leaders of the blocks are kind of in a weird spot. It started out with basically... uh, I love the phrase, the dads of New Japan. The old guys (laughs) were leading the block. Um, Out of nowhere, and I don't mean this to be rude to Maccabee fans, but nobody anywhere legitimately saw Togi Maccabee as being an undefeated leader of A block. (laughs) The guy has always been just there. I mean, the Unchained Gorilla gimmick is kind of cool and throwing middle fingers all over the place and using music that they can't broadcast because it's copyrighted. Right. Um, <laughs> he, he comes out to Immigrant Song and they can't play that. So when I was first watching stuff on the New Japan World Network, which is totally worth it, everyone should get it. And uh, it's pretty much the same price as the WWE Network. And it's not a problem for English-speaking fans to navigate the site anymore. They had problems when they were starting it, but I've been on it for a bit now, and, oh, it's totally worth it. 
you get access to everything. I do remember so. trying to sign up for New Japan World when it first came out, but the entire site was in Japanese, so you had to do it through Google Translate, and uh, I just... I wound up not getting it, uh, mostly because I had not previously watched much New Japan. Like I said, I watch the, uh, the Wrestle Kingdom show every year, but other than that, that's, uh, like my extent of exposure to New Japan. In fact, as you're, as you're, uh, going through the brackets and, and, you know, naming off the names and everything, I'm sitting here thinking like, I really need her to be on board wrestling fan to read the news about the Japanese guys. So these guys, so 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 G and JT and and uh, Coaster and Noise can't make fun of me anymore for for screwing up the Japanese names. <laughs> if you want, basically a New Japan correspondent, I will totally do that. Nice. <laughs> it, it's pretty much you know the focus of life right now. <laughs> um, but um, let's see, where were we going? Uh, you I were, totally lost track. <laughs> you, you were going uh, through the leaders of the brackets. Oh, okay, yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. The blocks. Um, so, Maccabee wins his first match. Okay, that was unexpected, but you know, it was against Tamatonga, so nobody thought anything of it. But then he keeps going, and this guy who is basically just a guy who's always there, you know. He beat Tanahashi. He beat Sonata. He beat Tenzan. He beats all these people, and he's undefeated leading the block. And everybody's going, okay, wait, where did he come from? Why is he there? And it's not because, oh, he's horrible. It's just, boy, that was not somebody we expected to ever be there. Um <laughs> I, I in think, beat I, block, it makes a little bit more sense because Yuji Nagata was leading that until last night. And he took a loss to Katsuko Nakajima. So now they're tied for points. But since Nakajima beat him, he's technically leading the block. So everybody else is kind of tied behind them. So what happens over the next week or so we'll start seeing more of an order shape up, but right now it's basically the old guy out in front and everybody else is tied behind him. So we'll see if they can hang on to that. Um, yeah, there was uh, one other thing that was, it was different, but it was really good. Nakajima is one of two guys from Pro Wrestling Noah that got brought in to G1 this year. The other one is Marafuji. And if you haven't seen Marafuji in a while, oh my god. This man chops so hard, their chests are bleeding. Oof. And his kicks aren't a whole lot nicer. <laughs> and so they bring in these two guys. And New Japan fans are like, well, yeah, I know who you are, but, you know, so. And then round one... When Marafuji beat Okada, everybody goes, oh, that's why I should care. Because <laughs> he, he was just on, and he's been gloriously on ever since. So he's right up there at the top of the block, and he doesn't even work for them. So you know, the idea of having a guy from another company beat your world champion on the first night of the tournament, you know, 
not a lot of people would do that. And that was one of the things that was, it was shocking in a good way because everybody was just, oh, wow, <laughs> that match was really good, but that was unexpected. Right. The, the problem was they kind of overdid it with the shocking out-of-nowhere underdog finishes because out of your 10 opening matches, if seven of them have that finish, it kind of waters down the effect. So I personally think it was kind of overdone. They could have had a few people who you thought would win actually do it. But, you know, you can't pretend they're not trying to deal with the situation that they have and put on the best possible show that they can. You know, they were definitely willing to make changes. Um, if you know, more people know who Marafuji from Pro Wrestling Noah is than Nakajima, Nakajima's one of those prodigies who has been wrestling pro since he was 14. And he's not 30 yet, but he's pretty close to it. He's a striker. His shirt says the genius of the kick. And he was doing okay in the beginning. Not so much of a standout. His second round, he had a match against Shibata. The two toughest strikers they have. That kind of woke him up. It would have to, or it would kill him. Yeah. So, yeah, those two were good. And then... You know, he scored a win over the guy leading B-Block, Yuji Nagata. Their match got really personal. It looked like it got really personal. And it's not just the, the annoyed veteran with the disrespectful young punk. I didn't know this until I read it from another poster. But the guy who trained Nakajima used to be a big rival of Yuji Nagata, so it's sort of like, you know, I hated your mentor and I'm taking it out on you. <laughs> and that adds a whole new level of depth to what's going on in the match, because you know, everybody in Japan already knows that. Right. And so every time Nagata would just pimp slap the taste out of Nakajima's mouth, they know <laughs> where it's coming from. Now, so Yuji Nagata, correct me if I'm wrong, he was uh he was in WCW for a little while. Yes, he was. Okay. The um NWO Japan group, um, he was part of that, and then he was also even before that, there was he was part of the cruiserweight division for a while. The guy's almost fifty. Yeah. And oh boy, can he still go. <laughs> I mean, you watch some of the matches that he has with you know, the strongest strikers and some of the best technical wrestlers. And you're looking at it and you're just like, how? I mean, it's crazy but, how some of these older Japanese guys can, it can really still go. I mean, we just saw uh, Jushin Thunder Liger not too long ago on, uh, on an NXT. Uh, I think uh, the one in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, if he I, had if a I match recall. against Tyler Breeze. Yeah. And, and, and I remember watching, I mean, Jushin Thunder Liger was on the first episode of Nitro. He was in the first match. Yeah, he is, I believe he is 52 now. Yeah. And, you know, he, he mostly limits himself to, you know, show opening multi-man tag matches and Super J-Cup stuff. Right. But, you know, 
he'll come out when they need him and he does not embarrass himself. And uh, there's not a whole lot of American guys about whom one can stay, say the same thing. So, you know, good on him. Well, good on all of them, I guess. Yeah. Um, so they have five, five shows left for each guy. And what's coming up for A Block, no, let's back that up. A Block just happened, so B Block has a show tonight that we can see tomorrow. That one, we're going to see Kenny Omega, who's the leader of the Bullet Club. And he's going to be fighting King of Darkness Evil, who is one of Naito's guys in Los Ingobernables, which is just so much fun to say. <laughs> um, and uh, the whole story behind that is just amazing because Naito has basically become the rock of New Japan. And by that, I don't mean that the characters are the same, but Naito was always good in the ring, but he was missing something. And the reaction he got never matched his push. But for his whole career, he was this plucky little spiky-haired, clean-shaven babyface, you know, stardust genius Tetsuya Naito, and... <laughs> You know, he did okay. You know, he, he actually won the 2013 G1, and he was challenging Okada for the heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom 8. This can be interpreted in several different ways. You could say the company didn't have faith in him. You could say that they really wanted fan opinion. You could say that they only asked for fan opinion knowing what it was going to be. But that match actually got pulled as the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 8. And the fans got to vote. Which match do you think should headline Wrestle Kingdom 8? The heavyweight title match between Okada and Naito? Or the intercontinental title match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Hiroshi Tanahashi? The IC title match won by like a 2-to-1 margin. So... Naito basically got screwed out of his Wrestle Kingdom main event. Yeah. And you know, that was not fun. And nobody knows what it is about Osaka, but when they were in Osaka, he would get booed out of the freaking building. And nobody knew why. Because <laughs> it was only in Osaka, and it was only him. It wasn't like they were just one of those crowds that is going to you know, cheer all the heels and all that kind of stuff. It was just him and nobody could figure it out. He said in an interview, I have no idea. I don't <laughs> know what this is about. Um, so you, know, you had somebody that would get pushed really hard, but nothing would come of it. And then he'd find himself just floating. Like the two years between him winning the 2013 G1 and the 2015 G1, he was just kind of there. He wasn't really accomplishing anything. So, you know, he's got all that built-up frustration. He goes on a tour to Mexico with CMLL, as is their want. And when everybody else from Japan had gone back home, he stayed. And even though he was a babyface at the time, he joined 
the original Los Ingobernables stable in CMLL that was run by La Sombra, who's mm-hmm. now in NXT as Andrade Ciel Andres. It, they need to decide what to call him. Three names is not going to work. <laughs> well, when you have Lita on the pre-show saying, I think 100 is 10 times better than 10. Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I love her so much. I was going to say the same. Say certain things. I was going to say exactly <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> I love you, but no. But the don't. it was worth it for the look on Corey Graves' face. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That that man is awesome. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, back in story A. Right. Um, so Naito joins this heel stable, and. He's with them for about a month. And then he comes back to Japan and he is completely different. Everything about him is different. He started, he grew his hair out. He grew the scraggly facial hair like, you know, that guy who's been in high school about two years too long. <laughs> um, and he st- he would do things I'd never seen anybody do. Like every tradition in Japanese wrestling that is held sacred, he not only broke it, he spit on it. Like, he would kind of wander to the ring, taking forever to get there. He would avoid getting in the ring, because they will not introduce you until you get in the ring. So he would take ten minutes getting in the ring, just to annoy people. (laughs) He started wearing a full suit with a, a chrome skull mask that is really cool by the way i i seriously want one and uh he'd go to the ring he'd finally get in and he'd just stand there he would make no effort to get out of that at all and then his opponent would come down the opponent would get in the ring naito would just stand there and stare at him not even taking the mask off and he would just take forever to do that he would do Things that are common over here, but not common in Japan. Like, you know, he'd get on the floor and he'd stay on the floor until, you know, 19 and a half, roll back in the ring and then roll straight back out. He just, he would put off having a match as long as possible. If it were a tag match, he'd fall asleep on the ring apron and not tag in, even if his team lost. <laughs> he did not care. And, you know, that's, the persona that instigated the feud with Shibata that I talked about before. And much like when The Rock became The Rock, at first, Naito's being booed all the time. Right now, if you go to the original New Japan site, seven of the top ten pieces of merchandise are his. Any match he has, people are clapping with his music before he ever comes out, and they're just chanting, Naito! Naito! They love him. Half the audience is wearing Los Ingobernables gear. (laughs) It's insane! And honestly, one of the best parts is the moments are few and far between because the guy's a pro, but every now and then, especially coming to the ring you can see just a slight break 
where he wants to acknowledge how awesome this is, but he can't, <laughs> and he plays it off like nothing. Right. And the, the whole thing has just been so much fun. And when he got his stable together, yeah, I'm still not totally sold on evil. Uh, a lot of other people are giving him credit for major improvement, and I get that, but... He's the weak link out of the four. You got Naito, who's the leader. You've got Bushi, who's the evil luchador. He spits green poison mist on people. I will always love that. I don't <laughs> care who does it. And then they brought in Sonata. Cold Skull Sonata. Dude looks like a Japanese Punisher. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, well, no human being should have the shoulder-to-waist ratio that he does. He looks like a Rob Liefeld drawing. But... You know, he's pretty impressive as well. And you know, they all have their own spin on that kind of behavior. Um, one of the most fun things about Sonata and Bushi as a tag team, and they've done this in most of their G1 matches so far, Bushi will wrestle first. He will be wearing his T-shirt over his ring gear. He'll wrestle for a little bit. They'll distract the ref, he'll take off the shirt, and he'll choke you with it. The ref will catch him. Take the shirt away. Sonata takes off his shirt, tosses it to Bushi, and Bushi does it again. <laughs> so, you know, they, they just have these, you know, things that they're figuring out how to do that are, they're entertaining as all get out, even if they are all very horrible people. So, everybody's expecting Nayato to either you know, win the whole thing. He was heavily the favorite to win the whole thing going in or to at least make it to the finals of his block and then go after the title from there because he had a short title reign before G1 started. He beat Okada for the belt and held it about a month. Okada won it back from him right before G1 started. So now that he is pretty much the most popular guy they have. Yeah. Largely due to his baseball cap. <laughs> that thing has become the greatest prop ever. And one of the things he did that made Okada so angry is that when he won the belt, he would just throw it around. He'd leave it places. He treated it like it was nothing. He treated that baseball cap like it was dipped in platinum. And... At the press conference, everybody's coming in and posing with the big G1 trophy. Naito comes in, picks up the G1 trophy, sets it on the floor, puts his baseball <laughs> cap where the trophy was sitting, poses with it, and then goes to his assigned seat, leaving the poor guys working the room to scramble dragging this giant trophy back in place. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff he does. How can anybody not love this guy? Right. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's definitely found what was missing before. And so many people want to see him with another run as champion because he's pretty much going to be the rock of new Japan. Right. Oh, I want to talk about, uh, you mentioned the, uh, the mist. Yes, and, and and loving the mist, and that was always like for me because I grew up, uh, you know, watching the Great Muda and WCW using the mist, and then uh, you know Tajiri was doing it in WWE, and 
I, I actually learned, and I don't know if you know this, that there are different colors of mist and they do different things or, you know, supposedly do different things. So Yeah, I think uh, green and red and black, right? Uh, there's other colors. I'm actually, I, I'm looking at oh. it right now. Uh, oh, there, okay. uh, red is burning mist. It's supposed to burn more. Uh, black mist blinds. Uh, blue sends the opponent to sleep, yellow paralyzes the opponent, and green obscures an opponent's vision and apparently causes great discomfort. Okay, I think Bushi's had green and black. It's been really hard to tell right. sometimes, but yeah, sure. um, that's that's what he uses. Green I was, or black. I, I always thought about, like, if I was ever, if I ever, you know, got myself in shape and decided I wanted to be a pro wrestler, I'd go in as, like, a jobber at first and then leave and then come back and be like, Oh yeah, I was in, you know, I was in Japan and then just have mastered the different, you know, colors of mist and all that. Has anybody ever used all of the colors? I, I doubt it. (laughs) Cause that would honestly be really fun if that were, you know, somebody's gimmick that, you know, you knew they were going to spit mist, but you didn't know which one it was going to be. Right. That that could be fun. Well, I've, I've always loved that. It was always uh, in in WWF No Mercy for the Nintendo sixty four was always one of my finishers. <laughs> <laughs> and then my 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 buddy Sean that I was always hanging out with, he has asthma and he's always puffing on his inhaler, so we started using it for his character and calling it the asthmatic mist. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's a you know that's always been a a favorite uh, a favorite bit of mine ever since you know seeing the great Muda use it on Lex Luger in the eighties. <laughs> So now if anybody wants to catch up on the G1 tournament, they can mm-hmm. get the New Japan, uh, the, the, the New Japan World. They can watch these previous episodes. Are they available on demand? Uh, if you get on New Japan World, they live stream it as it airs, and then it's posted on the site forever, and you can watch it whenever you feel like. Okay. So if anybody has not watched this first half of the G1 tournament, they can they can get in and they can order New Japan World, they can watch those, get caught up, and then watch tonight or, or first thing in the morning, as it as the case may be. Yeah, uh, their time, uh, I know that uh, my time, which is uh, central, it airs at 1.30 a.m. Oh, no, not 1.30, 4.30. I thought it was 1.30 and it was something else. So, uh, central time, it's 4.30 it's about a three-hour show, so by 7.30 in the morning, it's done and it's posted, so depending on what kind of schedule one keeps, you could wake up in time to have a brand new show to watch. That would be three or, 3.30 Eastern time. Yeah. Or no, 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 excuse me. We're an hour ahead of you, so it would be... Uh, five, uh, if it's 4.30 your time, it's 5.30 my time. 5.30, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it backwards for a minute, too. And, and then and, and then 3.30 G's time, I think. Mountain time whatever, G? <laughs> whatever time uh, they have in Canada. Yeah, time is a paradox in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have responsibilities. The polar bears are loose, and they must be fed. And by that, I mean my brother's dogs. So. <laughs> I had a mission, and I wanted to hop on and say hello, hello. Hello. Yeah. 
and and you guys were talking time zones. So what what night are we on officially? Is it night seven coming up next? Oh, uh, we have. I'm a little had, off. Uh, night nine aired this morning. Nine. Night uh, ten is gonna air tonight. Oh, that's where we're at. Okay. Yeah, we're right at the halfway point. I, I don't want to be re- redundant because uh, I'm sure you've probably covered what's coming up tonight, tomorrow, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the card, the card for tomorrow. Yeah. What what's uh what yeah what's the what's the big one to look for coming up here? Oh okay yeah actually we did not get to that part yet because oh, beautiful. <laughs> Fuck there, yeah. there have been all manner of side conversations about stuff. Um. Okay, uh, the show that live streams tonight at 5.30 Eastern, 4.30 Central Time is uh, B-Block. Uh, Kenny Omega is going to take on Evil from Los Ingobernables. Yoshihashi will take on Nakajima. Yuji Nagata, who until recently was leading the block, is going to take on Michael Elgin, who has been incredibly impressive in G1 so far. He's the current Intercontinental Champion, by the way. Uh, Hanma, who is not a favorite of mine, will square off with Naito, and then Shibata will face off against Yano. Those last two really should be no contest, but, you know, everything about this tournament has been upset, so it could be pretty much anything. As far as the match of the night on that one, Yuji Nagata versus Michael Elgin is probably going to be the big one. Because you've got the current IC champ who is not just a powerhouse, but for a guy that big, he's amazingly agile. And you've got Yuji Nagata who at almost 50 is still an incredibly intense striker and you know, can twist you into all manner of pretzel shapes that are not fun. So that one's probably going to be the big match of the night to watch for. Now, the next show of A Block, which will be the next day, that one, we've got Marafuji versus Sonata, which is one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most. Goto will face Tamatanga. Tenzon will go up against Bad Luck Fale, so we'll have a, you know, battle of the biggest guys on the roster. Makabe, who was undefeated until the last show, will face Okada. And Hiroshi Tanahashi will continue trying to, you know, claw his way back up from oblivion against Tomohiro Ishii, and there's no way that match is going to disappoint. So the A block, you're probably going to have Tanahashi versus Ishii being the obvious big-name match, but Marafuji versus Sonata could surprise some people, so I would definitely keep an eye on that. Days 10, 11, and then we have a break. Wow, I've been I've been trying to follow a little bit of the shows, um, but it's I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Those time zones. I guess I could do it on delay. And this, do you um? 
do you have have you found yourself like with any conflicts like really trying to like watch this stuff live or how you avoiding spoilers and things like that is that easy or no uh well avoiding spoilers is easy because if i decide i don't want to know yeah i just stay off the places that talk about those things um (laughs) A lot of it I have watched on delay. Some of it I've watched live because we're not quite done with summer holiday. We go back in a week. So I've been able to watch it live pretty much if I feel like staying up. Um, Once that is no longer true, I'll be watching it delayed. But um, it's one of those things where... You know, once it gets its claws into you and you want to watch it, you will reorganize your life in such a way that you can. <laughs> You'll figure something out. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. The uh, so I think I think my 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 one my one question here. Um, a lot of mine are going to be like more general. Um, one of the criticisms I, I heard in the beginning, when the cards, uh, not the cards, but the blocks were announced, was uh, that A was seemed a lot more stacked than B. Having watched, I guess, nine of these now, um, what, what's, what's been your impression? Do you do you feel that was warranted, or have, have has block uh, B pretty much proven people wrong and and put on a very evenly balanced looking tournament? Well. I could be remembering it wrong, but I thought when I was first hearing buzz about this, people were talking about B block as being far more interesting and A block might have had bigger names in it, but they just assumed, oh, we know how this is going to go. But then once the tournament started and the first two nights were nothing but crazy upsets, all of a sudden everything was in play and... A Block has really had the stronger overall show, but it's very widely accepted that the latest B Block show is probably the best show of the whole tournament. So when B Block is on, they knock it out of the park, but A Block has, across the board, had stronger shows so far. Now, with a definite order starting to, starting to emerge in terms of points. You know, that could totally change, but you know, that's been the way of things so far. I got to update myself on these standings, missing a couple of nights. I kind of followed vicariously usually until the tournament generally is over and then i let people who know better than me guide me towards the matches worth watching <laughs> well i'm not going to say that none of them are worth watching but time you know well being... some of them are not worth watching if you're not fans of those people <laughs> yeah i'm kind of with you on i've tried watching but i've never really gotten into that guy i, I can't stand hanma i can't and <laughs> well the big problem with him and you know there are many ways to look at this, too. Hanma's character works because he loses all the time. 
everybody loves him. They cheer for him. He misses the Kokeshi more often than he ever hits it. It's the Kurt Angle moonsault of, you know, New Japan. <laughs> and it, the whole reason people love him is because he doesn't win. And something that really stood out is when Hanma was racking up victories, he beat Shibata in round one. That is a sign of the end of the world. And the audience really didn't know how to take it. And the matches that he won, they just kind of felt off because he didn't have the audience support that he usually does. Plus, when you have two confirmed underdogs in the same block, they eventually have to fight each other and the audience is confused because Yoshihashi's in there and... Frankly, his story is a lot more compelling than Hanma's anyway, but the two of them had a match, and so you've got the two perennial loser underdogs fighting each other. What do you do with that? So, I don't think a lot of people are crazy about competent Hanma. <laughs> competent Hanma. <laughs> Somebody said he looks like a Japanese Bob Holly, and now I can't unsee that. <laughs> That's like G telling me that Charlotte looks like Twist, uh, like D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Oh my god! <laughs> How did I not see that before now? <laughs> it just takes someone pointing right. out to you. It takes someone pointing it out to you. I did that to oh. somebody last night. <laughs> wow. I have been educated. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I apologize. <laughs> it, it happens, though. Um, yeah. Like, same thing with Paige a couple years ago, and someone pointed out Wednesday from the Adams Family. And then this week I saw a meme where it had uh, uh, Steen and, and, and uh, Paige as both both the kids from the Adams Family, oh, and I'm fucking done. Like, I... <laughs> it's in my head. It's, it's like you said, it, it does not go away. I thought that uh, La Sombra, CL, whatever they're going to call him, when I first saw him, you know, he comes on TV. I'd only seen him in a mask. He comes out without the mask. And I said, he kind of looks like Dominic Cooper. <laughs> and you know, everybody around me is just, no, no, he doesn't. No one ever agrees with me that somebody looks like somebody else. But, you know, at the show last night, a different person was there. And I said that, and he goes, well, yeah, like his heavier brother or something, kind of. But, yeah, I thought he looked like Dominic Cooper a little bit. That's right. You went to NXT last night. I forgot all about that. <laughs> yeah. You, and uh, You were at NXT, and I'm sending you pictures of, uh, of, John, of Johnny Mundo and uh, Matt Cross. <laughs> yeah. She bought the shirt off his back just to make him take it off. Yeah. That is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. I need to do that now. <laughs> that That is sheer genius. There. Or if you listen to Board Wrestling Fan earlier, G insists that I bought the shirt off his back so he would take it off. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's what I do. As long as it happens, who really cares, right? <laughs> I'm surprised that my friend Shannon that I was with last night didn't do that. 
it, I, I, I was expecting you to say that it was her, and you never used a name. You said some chick, and I thought, well, it must not have been her because you would have used her name. Yeah, if it was Shannon, I definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if everybody's posting about it who was there, but the best moment of NXT was from Nia Jax. I, I now officially worship that woman, and it's because of what happened in her title match with Asuka. I was in the fifth row, so I couldn't see everything clearly. I don't know what Asuka did. I think it was a flurry of slaps and kicks or something. But I swear this happened exactly like I'm describing it. Nia Jax takes off her hair tie, shakes down her hair, hands the hair tie to the referee, takes off her earrings that she may or may not really be wearing, gives those to the referee, puts her hair back up, and goes after Asuka. While this is going on, my side of the, um, of the, of the ring, somebody started chanting, No, she didn't! And... <laughs> Somebody on the other side started, yes, she did. And we had this dueling chant going, no, she didn't. Yes, she did. Naya lays out Asuka, leans over the ropes, looks at the people chanting, yes, she did, and just snarls, no, she didn't, and goes back to the match. <laughs> it was glorious. I love Naya Jax now. <laughs> There you go. The newest Raw Diva is, uh, well, w Raw Woman. We're not calling them Divas anymore. Raw Woman. She's uh, endearing herself to the fans. She needs a shirt. Hold my earrings, girl. <laughs> I, I would totally buy that. I don't care what it looks like. But, oh, uh, yeah, that was super fun. And Nobody who was there knew it was the official last NXT for Finn Balor and the other people because that hadn't really been talked about. So when they announced that it was the last one, the mood kind of changed. Not in a bad way, but... Right. Kind of more like a like a party kind of atmosphere, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And you know, after they had the main event match, which was uh, Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe tagging against Team Finske, um... Finn gets on the mic to talk, and Bailey comes out and interrupts him, and basically, you know, does the farewell speech on his behalf. It was absolutely adorable. But then she started calling out everybody who was leaving. And they all come to the ring, and everybody else is standing on the ramp. And it's not a big deal, but it was just really funny Every person who got called to come to the ring, their entrance music would play. Shinsuke Nakamura is standing in the corner, and he's doing this little dance to everybody's entrance music. <laughs> but it was a different dance, depending on whose music it was. So he's just kind of rocking out in the corner, having a good time, as all these people are coming out. And, um, you know, it, it, it was genuinely touching what everybody had to say and you know it, it was a good note to end on for those people i think so yeah it, that was that was really cool awesome 
Alright, so the G1 Climax Tournament airs on New Japan World. It airs bright and early in the morning here in the United States. So, Very. and Canada, uh, as we now have Canadian blood in our, our mix here. <laughs> airs early in the morning in the United States and Canada, and you can catch it on demand after it airs. Uh, and we are now going into, uh, you guys said, night 10, I believe. Yeah, night 10 airs this evening, and there's a total of 19. They're going to wrap up with the finals on August 14th. All right, so get your get your 10 bucks ready. Go on NewJapanWorld.com. I believe that's the site. I could be wrong. Yes. Okay, NewJapanWorld.com. Yeah. Order New there's Japan a, World. There's and, a couple of different links that specify, you know, for English, um, if you do a search for them, you can find several. I found about four. Okay. And uh, I'm sure we will uh, probably be talking more about this as the tournament continues. Hope so. Absolutely. All right. Uh, G, you have any more questions? I believe I'm out where I need to go. I don't know. I don't know what you covered, so I, I just don't want to be... Right. I don't want to be dead horse. <laughs> I knew I would have happened if I hopped on midway or wherever we're at. So, well, you, you, can, you can listen back. It'll be up in a, exactly. in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drow, thank you for coming back to the site to cover this for us. And uh, and for uh, it was great talking to you again. It's been oh. way too long. We need you back on Board Wrestling Fan Radio at some point. Oh, absolutely. Like, like I said, you could come on for the news just to read those Japanese names for me. Uh, I'm so in. I got this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that does it for today's coverage, and we will certainly be back. And want to thank everybody for listening and you guys for uh, for joining me. It's weird closing without outro music, so I'm just going to press stop now. We're done. (laughs)